Nishma, Sibeh, Hawa, 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Let's 
לעשות רדיפות כואבות, בחוף זמן בכל מקום. עברנו את פלום, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים צוררים קשים שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פלום, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו Tuesday morning, it's JM in the AM. That's Simcha Liner off of his Project Relax uh, Israel edition here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, David Perlman, brand new with Modem, beautiful brand new single. Before that, Peace Will Come is the name of the album. You heard both Shiru Lashem and Yavo Shalom, both from uh, Eitan Freilach, of course. That's brand new. And Regesh and Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday on this October the 30th, day 21 
In the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5779, Tufshin Ayan Tess. 45 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 57 for today. Mostly clear tonight, low 45. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature 66 degrees. Right now, Yushalayim is at 70. We're at 45 degrees here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Lots of stuff happening today. Naomi Levin, who's running for Congress, is going to join us via telephone. Both Maisha Hellman and Jay Kestenbaum, Presidium members of the Presidium of uh, OHEL, are going to join us as we get ready for the uh, big dinner coming up on the 11th of November. Uh, Shalom Task Force has a... um, a segment coming up at 825 with us this morning, and the One Israel Fund does as well. Scott Feltman's going to join us. They've got their big dinner coming up on the 6th. We'll talk about why it's so important to support the uh, One Israel Fund. JM and the AM Tuesday. Today, uh, based on the news I heard this morning, the funerals for the victims of the uh, synagogue attack in uh, Pittsburgh will start to take place. I believe a total of four today. And um, not to make too big of a deal of this, frankly, but uh, I was saddened when I heard that there was a protest or a protest petition going around about the president not visiting Pittsburgh. I hope I would say this about any president, including this president's predecessor, but it is the place for the President of the United States, no matter what political positions one may have, uh, to be there uh, grieving with the nation today. Um, And I would hope that most people would agree with that. Um, uh, Ruvain Fenton, who was in Pittsburgh, and Max Yeager, who's in New York, wrote an article for the New York Post about what happened uh, during the uh, the one hour plus of the gunman being inside the shul. And they write, a small group of congregants had just gathered for prayer in the Tree of Life synagogue basement when the shooting started. At 9.50, bloodthirsty anti-Semite Robert Bowers opened fire on a service upstairs with an AR-15 style assault rifle. One floor down, the New Light Congregation worshippers assumed they were next. Barry Werber said, let me be very honest. I was frightened. I was scared. I have a wife at home ill, and I have a son living in Squirrel Hill, and I didn't want to leave them. Werber and others from his congregation looked over to the stairwell, and their worst fears were realized, and they saw a victim's bullet-riddled body slumped over. Rabbi Jonathan Perlman quickly ushered them into a storage closet as the gunfire continued to ring out upstairs. Werber dialed 911, but was too terrified to speak lest Bowers become hunting downstairs, lest Bowers come hunting downstairs. That's exactly where he went. Following a lengthy pause in gunfire, Carringant Melvin Wax opened the door to the basement to see if it was safe to leave. Bowers gunned him down instantly. There were three shots, and he falls back into the room where we were, Werber said. Then the gunman walks in. What followed next was nothing short of a miracle. Bowers walked into a storage closet where three worshippers were hiding. But it was so dark, he assumed it was empty. He left the basement without any further bloodshed. Meanwhile, law enforcement had gathered outside and at one point got into a shootout with the lone gunman. Bowers unleashed a fusillade at cops from the building's atrium, winging one officer in the hand. 
An officer could be heard saying over police radios, every unit in the city needs to get here now. The gunfire paused. Officers debated going into the synagogue around 10, 11 a.m. SWAT teams finally breached the besieged synagogue at 1030. They discovered four dead and one survivor in an atrium, along with four more dead and a second survivor scattered throughout secured portions of the building. At 10.43, teams went into the basement where they liberated the remainder of the New Light congregation. Meanwhile, Bowers retreated to the third floor and barricaded himself in a room. Ten minutes later, he injured two SWAT members during a shootout on the third floor. They traded another volley of fire around 10.59 a.m. before the gunman finally gave up at 11.08. Werber is thankful more people had not yet showed up for services by the time Bauer started shooting. I'm grateful we didn't have more members there, he said. We probably had a number of people on the way, but they hadn't arrived yet. One such worshiper was 80-year-old Holocaust survivor Judas Samet, who was late to synagogue because he stopped to chat with his housekeeper before heading to services. The former Israeli soldier who survived 10 months in Bergen-Belsen during World War II showed up in time to see the hateful Bowers desecrating his temple. Bowers faces 29 federal charges, including 11 counts of murder, could face the death penalty. The first funerals are expected today. including brothers David and Cecil Rosenthal, who will be laid to rest. One of the uh, terrible byproducts, and believe me, I know what the worst, the result of all this is, the loss of life, obviously. But as a side note, and unfortunately the media does not maintain it as a side note, they make sure to focus on it, are the rifts in the Jewish world that have been uh, emphasized or have been exposed or have been concentrated on um, these past couple of days. And the New York Times um, expectedly went ahead and made sure that this... um, issue about the chief rabbi, whether he used the word synagogue or not, that this uh, issue of Naftali Bennett getting on a plane when so many in Israel don't think he represents the diaspora or Jews from outside the diaspora very well, especially with the controversy with the the, um, migrants in Tel Aviv. Um... Then Michael Oren went ahead and sided with Bennett, who had who had sided with the. Excuse me, Michael Oren um, faulted Bennett for having sided with the Israeli rabbinate that refuses to recognize non-Orthodox denominations as sufficiently Jewish to participate in Israeli Jewish life. Um, and then, of course, the whole issue about 
whether Jews should continue to live under the illusion that uh, life is safe for them anywhere outside of Israel. Yeah, this is um, this is one of the byproducts, unfortunately. The uh, the press, in this case, the New York Times, David Halpfinger, writes a story with the headline, Massacre Exposes Fractures in Jewish Solidarity in Israel and America. For us, over the last couple of days, it seems we have demonstrated our unity, our brotherhood, our love, our camaraderie, our understanding. I mentioned yesterday countless times how proud I was of groups right to left who condemned the attack and participated in the offer to help people who are completely unlike those who perished in this attack other than we are all Jews. But uh, I guess the media does not (laughs) concentrate on that side of the story. When it comes to unity and disunity, they like to concentrate on the negative side of the story. So that's that as the funerals begin today in Pittsburgh. We did have a notion to go out there uh, at some point this week. We will make a final decision today in terms of that. Um, whether it is in fact uh, beneficial uh, to go and um, and to be there, uh, we are in touch with um, with people in Pittsburgh who are updating us regarding what will be happening in terms of uh, shiva uh, for the victims and the funeral schedule, etc. So we will determine exactly uh, how the rest of the week will play out uh, for us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM and Tuesday, thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to comment on the app. The app, the Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, has been a great resource to comment and express oneself uh, these days and every day. Um, so feel free. And um, uh, we do have a full regular schedule today. We are going to invite Naomi Levin, who's running for Congress, to the show, as I said, we'll talk about the Ohel Dinner. We'll talk about the Shalom Task Force, most recent initiative. We'll talk about the One Israel Fund. They've got the big dinner coming up on the 6th of November, a very important one. So there's plenty to do on this Tuesday. I also remind you, tomorrow is going to be a great day for us here as we get to celebrate Yeshivat Noam's 18th anniversary with their uh, head of school, Rabbi Hagler, with their students, with their teachers, with their principals, with their administration, with their parents. Yeshivat Noam is our destination early tomorrow morning. I hope you'll be tuned in. School shows are fun. And this one with the 18th anniversary is going to be a one of a great celebration. So tomorrow, Yeshivat Noam, Paramus, New Jersey. That's our destination. 18th anniversary celebration. Again, I hope you'll have an opportunity to tune in and to be part of uh, the future of the Jewish people. After all, that's what our day schools are. They are the hub of the future of the Jewish people. So I hope you'll have an opportunity to tune in tomorrow morning between uh, 6 and 10 a.m. We're going to be extending JMNAM tomorrow right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up 27 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's OHOT at JM in the AM. Hallelujah, it's same as same, it's same as same, yeah, hallelujah. She 
כשיש עננים שמכסים את הכל ולא רואים שום דבר, רק עומדים במקום זה קצת לא נעים איך הכל מסתלק, נעלם ונסתר ואז באים חברים לחזק להרים מביאים משפטים של אנשים חכמים אני עדיין בחושך מחכה 
במשך שנים מתרגלים לחיים ממשיכים כך ללכת עולים ויורדים מסתובב לאחור את כל זה עברתי אנחנו גדלים, חברים מתרחקים, משפחה, ילדים, הקשיים הרגילים. מה שנשאר מכל זה, זו רק ההרגשה ש... Oh, 
Brand new from Benny Friedman. It's a brand new single entitled Visecha Zena here at JM in the AM. Uh, Shim Kramer had Tzadik, Rakechad, that was Yoni Z, Naftali Blumenthal with Waves of Faith, Ufaratza from Rogers Park, Lenny Solomon, brand new, and Nigun Leviathan of Shira Yatera, and Levado is done by Ohad. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for, oh, 1 p.m. I did, We just realized late yesterday that they changed the clock in Israel. 1 p.m. Boker Tov from JM Name. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Ashaachat, Kanoam Aviram, Mimashakorea Shav. הבחירות לרשויות המקומיות, נכון לשעה זו יותר ממיליון ישראלים הצביעו, ארבעה אחוזים יותר מאשר בבחירות הקודמות. הפרעות נרשמות בקלפיות ברחבי הארץ, אלימות וחשש לזיופים. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. בעירקה נסגרו שתי קלפיות עקב קטטה ומהמקום פונו עשרה פצועים, בכפר יסיף נכנס אדם לקלפי, החל לרסס במקום גז מדמיע, מקרה דומה נרשם גם בסכנין. האלימות נמשכת, בחולון נעצרו שלושה חשודים על רקע תקרית אלימה, ובערערה אדם נפצע באורח קל. בפתח תקווה התקבל דיווח על חשד לזיוף, לאחר שאדם שבא להצביע גילה כי כבר הצביעו בשמו. והבחירות בבת ים, שם ראש הממשלה נתניהו תומך בראש העירייה המכהן יוסי בחר, ואילו מפלגתו הליכוד, בטוען לכתר צביקה ברוט. בחר מגלה אצל רינו צרור, הסרטון בו ראש הממשלה מביע בי תמיכה צולם מראש. נתניהו כבר תומך בי לאורך זמן, הסרטון שראיתם אותו אתמול צולם שמונה ימים לפני כן. אנחנו שמענו אותו אצלנו, הוצאנו אותו מתוך אסטרטגיה ביום האחרון. זה כל אחד שרוצה להתמודד מול ראש עיר מכהן, מתחיל להמציא כל מיני סיפורים. בחיפה, המועמדת עינת קאליש רותם מאיימת להדיח את ראש העירייה הוותיק יונה יהב. כתבנו קובי מנדל שמע את שניהם אחרי שהצביעו מוקדם יותר. אין גבול לכל תעלול בלתי חוקי, אבל לנצח כי האמת מנצחת. המהפכה שהעיר הזאת עברה ב-15 שנים האחרונות נראית לכל אדם שרק מסתובב ברחובות. אנחנו מקווים שכמובן היום הזה יתנהל כמו שצריך, ונראה מה התושבים של חיפה. אנחנו מאמינים שמחר נקום לשחר של יום חדש. עוד בחדשות, לראשונה שר ישראלי נאם בדובאי בערבית. שר התקשורת איוב קרא השתתף הבוקר בוועידה בינלאומית באמירות. אנו רואים בשיתוף הפעולה הטכנולוגי בתחומי התקשורת בינינו לבין הפלסטינים חלק מבניית גשר לשלום ופיתוח כלכלי לעמים שלנו. כך קרה בנאומו. הזמר פארל וויליאמס, האומן מאחורי הלהיט הפי נגד נשיא ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ. כתבתנו ירדן בויטנר. הזמר שלח מכתב נזעם לנשיא טראמפ בדרישה שלא ישמיע אף אחד משיריו לצרכים פוליטיים. זאת לאחר שהשמיע את שירו הפי בכנס פוליטי באינדיאנה, שעות ספורות לאחר פיגוע ירי בפיטסבורג בשבת האחרונה. עורך דינו של וויליאמס כתב כי לא רק שהשיר נוצל בתזמון בעייתי, אלא השימוש בו גם הפר את זכויות היוצרים וזכויות השוק שלו. מאמן בית"ר ירושלים מחדש, ניר קלינגר, מתייחס לראשונה למינויו לטפלת תפקיד ואומר, ימים יגידו אם החלטתי נכונה. אני שלם עם ההחלטה שלקחתי, אני מאושר להיות בבית"ר, וימים יגידו אם זו הייתה החלטה נכונה. אני חושב שהגעתי למקום גדול, 
כולי באמת מוכן לאתגר הזה, ושמח. התחזית עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, ולסיום, כתבנו יואב אונגר שמע כמה אזרחים שעוד לא קיבלו זכות הצבעה, שסיפרו לו במי היו בוחרים. אם הייתי ראש העיר, הייתי עושה מקומות בילוי יותר לילדים. הייתי עושה דווקא שפחות יהיה לכלוכים ואלים, והייתי יותר שומרת על הסביבה. הייתי עושה יותר משחקים לילדים. מי שמצביע, משפיע. יותר משחקים. אלה החדשות שעורך דן דובין. הבחירות לרשויות המקומיות
Jam in the AM. It's a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Musica done by Yaakov Shweki, of course. Uh, before that, you heard Shimmy Engel with Nigun Carlin here at Jam in the AM. Well, they're going to the polls, or they've already started going to the polls. Yeah, it's already uh, 1 p.m., just after 1 p.m. Eastern, excuse me. It's just after 1 p.m. Israel Standard Time in the Holy Land right now. Six-hour difference until Sunday because of the changing of the clock in Israel. So just after 1 p.m., and they've gone to uh, the polls, who will be the next uh, mayors of Israel, who will win these municipal elections? Well, we'll see. Today is Election Day in Israel, and it's uh, a heated election in many, many cities, to say the least. Uh, According to uh, the Jerusalem Post article, which shows a photograph of Prime Minister Netanyahu voting, General elections will be called immediately after municipal elections are over. This according to Finance Minister Moshe Kahlon, who predicted this today as Israelis went to voting stations around the country to elect new mayors and local council heads. I predict, Kahlon said, chairman of the Kulanu Party, that immediately after municipal elections, general elections will be announced. I predict the elections will be between February and March since I don't see how the government will clear all of the obstacles it currently faces. Kahlon said the obstacles include the Haredi draft bill as well as new legislation needed to regulate conversion in the state of Israel. So, election day in Israel today, and it could be an election campaign tomorrow. 
uh, for national elections in the state of Israel. We'll see what happens. JMNAM Tuesday, our hearts and thoughts and prayers, of course, with our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh as the first funerals take place after the massacre this past Shabbos. And um, many of you know that the that there was a a swelling of support supposedly coming out of Pittsburgh. I'm not sure who the agitators were to um, demand that President Trump not visit Pittsburgh during this week. Thank God. Rabbi Myers, the rabbi of the congregation, uh, and other leaders had the common sense to declare that the President Trump, in fact, is welcome there. I would hope they would say that about any president who leads this country, whether it be President Trump, his predecessor, or somebody else. It is the place of the President of the United States to be grieving with and leading the nation. Um, so that starts today, the uh, the funerals of the victims and um, as I said, the collective Jewish heart continues to ache as this madman, this murderer, um, was brought to court yesterday. And um, the charges were levied against him. Possibly the death penalty in this case. We'll see what happens. JMNAM Tuesday with sunshine and a high temperature of 57. Naomi Levin's going to join us coming up. She's running for Congress. We'll speak with her. Plenty more happening here on a Tuesday, including a visit from the the new presidium. Well, the old and the new presidium of uh, Ohel. All coming up if you keep it right here at JMNA. Yeah, there is 
JM in the AM. Chizuk Nigun done by Yehuda Green. Miami had Yivarechacha. You heard Ari Goldwag and Debissimcha here at JM in the AM. Thank you to those commenting on the app. It is, um, to me, as I said earlier, just outrageous that the New York Times in this case has utilized the uh, horrific episode, the terrible tragedy from the shul in Pittsburgh on Shabbos to talk about divisions in the Jewish community and the Jewish world. Just unbelievable. It's our responsibility to counter that by uh, emphasizing the positive, the unity, uh, by reminding everybody to be in shul this Shabbos and to be there early in a demonstration of uh, resilience that we won't let the enemy dictate won't let the anti-Semites dictate how we as Jews behave. Very important, very key, and uh, hopefully a message that will continue to uh, transmit through these airwaves. JM and the AM on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. I do remind you that we have a community calendar online. Check out the community calendar by going to uh, NahumSiegel.com. Click on community calendar. The Laser Lloyd event down in Baltimore tonight is up there. The uh, OHEL event. Um, regarding anxiety, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. That's up there for the uh, Ohel Jaffa Family Campus. The uh, Yeshiva Katana of Manhattan has their open house tonight. Ben Paratio Safe has an open house tonight. Hafter has their Safeguarding Children campaign launch tonight at the Unusual of Woodmere. Uh, tomorrow, the Laniato Hospital event in Teaneck, New Jersey. Tomorrow, the Chazak and Shari Amuna event. They're by Klatsko. It's all up there. If you go to the community calendar section of NahumSiegel.com, you will see it right there in front of you. This time each and every Monday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, and, oh, I just realized that we uh, neglected to get our Yeshiva League sports update on the air. I apologize for that. We'll try to do it at some point between now and 9 a.m. and certainly um, try to get it on at some point. I apologize to Elliot Weiselberg. I am not in the swing of things yet for our Yeshiva League sports update. I have not yet gotten used to the fact that it'll be on every single Tuesday during the sports season, as it always is. Uh, anyway, again, my apologies um, regarding that. Meanwhile, uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zeb, Nebios of Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Bas, Nebios of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. And we'll do that one more time. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Parshas Vayera, V'nei ayel achar nechaz basvach b'kanov. Behold, a ram afterwards was caught in the thicket in the bushes by its horns. The Medrash tells us that Avram Avinu struggled to free the ram from the bushes. But as soon as he disentangled the animal, it ran away and was again snagged in the bushes. This happened a few times until finally Avram Avinu was able to bring the ram as a carbon, a sacrifice to Hashem. The Sefer Beis Yitzchak comments that Avram Avinu was being told of the future of the Jewish nation. Throughout his existence, B'nai Yisrael has likewise been captive in successive exiles from Babylonia to Media to Greece to Rome through the Spanish Inquisition, the Holocaust, Siberia, the message of prophecy 
was that just as the ram emerged whole from its predicament, with his horns intact, the Jewish nation will also emerge from all of diaspora, perfect and whole. B'nai Israel will withstand its with challenges, and their faith will remain perfect and complete. Our deepest sympathies, our hearts go out to the entire community of Pittsburgh, to the families, to the friends of the martyrs, to the relatives, to all of Klal Yisrael who mourn and grieve the untimely passing of these righteous souls. In the Echod Miyodea of the Pesach Haggadah, the number 11 is represented by the stars. Hagoin Revelazer Menachem Shach writes that these stars, which we refer to, are of course the brothers of Yosef HaTzadik. He notes, they were giants of spirit, righteous beings who were extraordinary individuals, bearers of profound lessons for all times. May the sacred memory of the eleven shining stars who sanctified the name of Hashem bring in a new dawn, an era of peace, understanding, unity, and respect. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. May we all in Klal Yisrael be comforted and strengthened. J.M. and A.M. on a Tuesday morning. That's Shalshela. Sim Shalom is right. During these tumultuous times. Naomi Levin is with us live via telephone. She is uh, running next week on Tuesday in the the 10th Congressional District in New York City, which covers the entire west side of Manhattan. It covers certain areas of Brooklyn, New York, including communities very important to us and uh, has been served by the same member of the United States House of Representatives for 13 terms, and Naomi is trying to change that. Naomi Levin, good morning. Welcome to JM in the AM. 
Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, a pleasure to have you. Uh, well, what can I say? This is a uh, this is a week where uh, everyone's focused on what happened in Pittsburgh, and that for that reason, people are focused on the future of the Jewish people. And frankly, and I'll say this directly, although some of my listeners may not appreciate it, I don't know if we should uh, keep as a representative in the United States House of Representatives somebody who votes for the Iran deal and uh, therefore uh, is is not very reliable when it comes to uh, his point of view regarding the future of the Jewish people. What is your position on this matter? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think my campaign is very important for the Jewish community and for Israel. And, you know, the bottom line is that the constituents in District 10 did not want for their representative to vote for the Iran deal, and he did that. And the the role of your congressman or congresswoman is to represent the people in the district. This definitely, this Iran deal has emboldened the Iranian regime. Iran is on Israel's border today in Syria as a direct result of this deal. And and we need to send a clear message and we, that we this was not okay. Um, so this election is going to be incredibly important. And and many many people in the district in general feel that the focus today is on national partisan politics, not on the issues that they care about. Well, you know what this audience thinks uh, for the most part about this issue, and uh, I'm I'm in full agreement with you about the Iran deal and how it affects our community or certainly how our community feels about it. How has your campaign gone so far? You know, we we talk about a 13-term representative. We know what the advantages are for the incumbents when it comes to uh, running for the United States House. Uh, how has your campaign uh, been going over the last couple of months? Thanks. I mean, it's just been incredible. I've come farther than anyone has in the race against Jerry Nadler in terms of uh, on every metric, fundraising, uh, you know, the national media attention, the people that have gotten behind me on the national level. And it's just, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. We have, we know everything we need to know. And now it's just a matter of getting the message out that we have a real chance we can win and everyone supports me and I'm appealing to your your listeners everyone who supports me in this race must come out and vote November 6th because the vote the votes that I need to win are in in our community and it's just a matter of getting out the vote and and we're very excited it always seems to me that when it comes to uh, affecting change in terms of leadership uh, those who are in Brooklyn, New York, and again, part of the uh, district we're referring to is in Brooklyn, uh, in our community, uh, seem more open to a change in leadership in the United States Congress. Sometimes, however, those on the west side of Manhattan, not to generalize too much, are mm-hmm. are very comfortable with, whom, <laughs> with who uh, represents them at this point. Has your campaign made the same inroads there that it's made in Brooklyn? Yeah, well... We've been out on the street every day, and I've converted many Democrats <laughs> over to my side. You know, I think that in general, there's this there is this sense that you know, after 26 years, we have a representative who's not focused on the issues we care about, and people are very upset with with many things. They don't like how De Blasio is handling the city. Um, you know, they don't like what's happening in the education system. Uh, the MTA is in disrepair. You know, there are all these issues. The tax burden is, is getting higher and higher. And and these concerns are not being addressed. And, you know, I tell people, look, I'm, I'm listening to you, to what your issues are. 
and my role and what I want to do is get them addressed and, and do everything I can to work with the congressional majority to be able to do that, which is not what's happening today. And, you know, in general, I think that this year people are much more open to, to newcomers. You know, we're seeing career politicians get defeated all over the country. And as the Democratic Party is moving more to the left, independents are much more likely to vote Republican. You know, this audience um, <clears throat> this audience, uh, uh, agrees with you when it comes to uh, building business and allowing it to thrive in New York City. And one of those, <clears throat> one of the factors that sometimes stifles that is the overwhelming tax burden, both for the individual and for businesses. How would you address that issue? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's many approaches. I mean, first of all, of course, I would be an advocate to lower the state and city taxes. We need a tax overhaul in Albany. That's very clear. And, you know, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act exposed, having the salt cap exposed how hefty our, our taxes are. So we really need to make a difference there. Um, another thing I would do is get more federal funding for our crumbling infrastructure in New York, which would also allow us to be taxed less on a local level. And, and beyond that, I talk about making structural changes to the federal tax code and removing demotivating taxation. So, for example, Shel Farley talks about this as well. We can get the housing rent expense deducted from the federal income tax. I talk about getting all insurance-approved out-of-pocket health care costs deducted from the federal income tax. These measures would really help alleviate some of the tax burden that we have in New York. No question about that. And you have a real business background. You have a, a STEM background, as the expression goes these days. And I know that that, uh, whether it be the technology or the business and entrepreneurial aspect, is extremely important to you. Absolutely. And the future is going to be in business and technology. That's the fastest growing sector. And we need to prepare Americans for that. We need to increase the amount of STEM education programs we have starting at a young age. We need to invest more in technology research in the military. There's so many things we should be doing so that America can be a leader, right? We're competing, um, you know, on the worldwide, and we need to be leading in tech. And I'm a big, big proponent of, you know, this is many problems we're going to have to solve are going to have to do with technology. And I have that perspective because I've been working in emerging tech my entire career. I have the perspective and the understanding to be able to approach these these issues. Naomi Levin is running for U.S. Congress in District 10. It's a district that has had a 13-term representative till this point, who at times has been there for our people, but uh, many of us feel a change at this point is needed. Naomi, one week from today, how do people find you on the ballot? Sure. So... The ballot, I'm on the first page of the ballot, the very last line. And you can go to NaomiForCongress.com, click on the voting tab, and find your poll location through that through my tab. Naomi Levin, my, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, and then social media is Naomi Levin NY. You want to stay updated on all the exciting things that are happening this week. Want to wish you the best of luck one week from today on Election Day. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Naomi Levin, running for U.S. Congress in District 10, includes the entire west side of Manhattan and many areas of Brooklyn, especially communities important to us and this audience. More coming up at 17 minutes before 8 o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. It's Yehuda Green. How many times have I said that if you're going to go to one or two or maybe three dinners a year, you must, must, must make sure to be at the OHEL annual gala? Why do I say that? Because it's one of the most inspiring nights of the year. I've been saying this for about a quarter of a century, frankly, that if you're really going to you know, be one of those people that avoids dinners and doesn't want to be at these dinners in the Jewish world, uh, you must make an exception for the Ohel dinner. It's a, an inspiring evening and one of uh, incredible community togetherness. And this year, Ohel's 49th annual gala, uh, slated for Sunday, November the 11th, is going to be happening at the Sheraton New York Times Square Hotel. They'll do a buffet dinner and then start the program at 630 uh, David Brescher is going to chair the dinner. There are many uh, distinguished co-chairs, of course. They will celebrate the life and legacy of Harvey Cayley of blessed memory and, of course, his wonderful wife, Gloria Cayley. She should live and be well. They'll inaugurate the Harvey and Gloria Cayley Community Impact Award uh, for that evening. Uh, they'll honor Linda and Ellie Gottlieb. They'll honor Jenny and Barry Horowitz, and they will celebrate the installation of one of our special guests in our studio this morning and have a testimonial to another one of our special guests in our studio this morning. I refer, of course, to Jay Kestenbaum first, who is becoming co-president of OHEL with the wonderful Mel Zachter, and Maisha Hellman, who will be president emeritus and ombudsman of OHEL in recognition of his uh, 26th, that's uh, uh, Shem Hashem, 26 years of service as OHEL's president. It's with great pleasure and a wonderful honor for me to welcome both Jay Kestenbaum and Maisha Hellman into our studio on this Tuesday morning. Gentlemen, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Nachman. A pleasure to have you here. Uh, Maisha, uh, I mean, this, is, uh, th- this must be a very, very interesting transition for you because you have been such an incredible, effective member of the OHEL Presidium. And I was glad to see that even though uh, Jay is essentially, I guess you would say, taking your place now in this partnership with Mel, nonetheless, it seems from the title that you still will, thank God, be involved and very concerned on a daily basis regarding what's going on at OHEL. That is correct. And uh, my uh, stepping aside, not stepping down, right. <laughs> uh, as co-president with, as you said, the wonderful Mel Zachter, uh, is something that I myself initiated I felt that 26 years is uh, is enough, and uh, an organization uh, shows its strength by by the continuity of someone else taking over. And it's rare that you have the opportunity that someone like a Jay Kestenbaum, and I say it behind his back, in front of his face, doesn't matter where. Uh, it's rare that you have someone who is respected by each and every one that comes in contact with. His friends love him. I, thank God, got to know him through OHEL. Did not know him before. Uh, as a bonus, I got to know his father very well, Stark. And I can tell you that OHEL is, is really very, very lucky to have a Jay Kestebaum become co-president with Mel Zachter. Well, I am in full agreement with you. Uh, it, 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 we cannot overstate how incredible a man Jay Kestenbaum is. The only thing I will say is that there are probably people walking over to Jay asking him, what were you thinking? Do you really want to be president of one of the most incredibly large and incredibly influential organizations in the Jewish world? And your answer to them has been, Jay? 
Well, it's it's. I have to tell you something, Nachum. Uh, you know, you you have big shoes, but I have to tell you <laughs> that Moish Hellman has much bigger shoes. He certainly and, does. And uh, when people say about stepping in and filling shoes, there is no way possible I could even come close to uh, to replicating or 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 looking at the accomplishments that Moish Hellman and Mel Zachter have done for Ohel in uh, the 26 years they've been involved. And uh, Really, my, my task is really, uh, you know, people come in and say, all right, so what are you going to do next? And uh, I, I believe, and I've said this to the staff in the meeting, um, my job is to make sure not to mess up anything that Moish Hellman um, and Mel Zachter and his team have done so in the last 26 years. So and, that's your agenda. Your agenda that, is just keep advancing what they've already that, that is not That is not an easy agenda that's for a $68 million organization wow. who, that does the kind of services it does in so many areas for well. For sure. It's well known that you're involved in a lot of causes. What were the first days for you with OHEL? How long ago did you get involved and why? Well, coincidentally, 26 years ago, or a little more than that, I was brought in by a good friend of mine, Fred Schulman, when uh, he and his family dedicated the uh, Milton and Molly Schulman foster care program. Mm. And um, I knew nothing. elements of OHEL. Correct. And I knew nothing about OHEL. I was brought to the first board meeting. And I was blown away by the dedication of the lay leaders in the board. Typically, organizations, you have a board meeting, you have three, four, five people, and the only people who really run everything are there. In OHEL, the typical board meeting has between 25 and 30 people minimum, which is absolutely incredible of people who take their time morning, night, and constant phone calls all week long to dedicate themselves. I was really amazed at how involved the lay leaders were, which is extremely unusual. You know, it's funny because when people ask me about the success of the organization, for years I've used the expression an active board, but you make such a good point. It's not just active, it's large. It's a lot of people doing this work and if anybody's familiar with organizations jewish or not to have this large and active board is the exception it's the exception so to see lay leadership repeat and come back time after time to be involved in all these cases that are presented to you and all these situations and decisions that have to be made is simply unbelievable and mice you've seen this obviously up close and personal as you lead that i've board. seen it i've taken i became president after uh, max wasser's yeah. Uh, asked me to step in, and um, I had a good Rebbe. I really did. The, uh, he was wonderful, integrity, um, and really ran the organization through the board. It, it wasn't about him at all. And we're, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a David Mandel right. as a CEO of the organization. He's with us, I believe, 23 years, and it's been 23 wonderful years um, He's, he's just run the organization, believe on Nefesh. Maish Hellman and Jay Kestenbaum are here. But, but, and I, I don't mean to sidetrack, but just for a second, it, it's such an important point that a large active board is one of the reasons for the success of the organization. Why does a board member show up? What is it about those meetings as opposed to so many other organizations that can't gather a quorum of people? What is it about those meetings that attracts a regular balabas to come, and it's usually early in the morning, right? Am I right? That they're very often early Sometimes in the morning. Sometimes early or at night. To come, or late at night, to come and to be part of those meetings. What is it? Well, there's enthusiasm. There's, there's a lot of interest in an organization that's not stagnant. 
The one thing about OHEL, the number of programs that have been started during uh, Moshe's tenure is, is incredible. Uh, the expansion of services is, in, is incredible. It's clearly not an organization that does one thing and doesn't touch anything else. It tries to fill all the needs of the Jewish community on a daily basis. I mean, one of the examples is right now with the trauma right. uh, counseling that it's doing, uh, offering to help in the Pittsburgh situation. Just yesterday, um, uh, Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who's the head of our trauma unit, um, was counseling in Wanakue, New Jersey, in the school where nine, in the community where right. nine children died in the facility um, with immune uh, deficiency disorders. And uh, the counseling that they do, the expansion of services through Lifetime Care Foundation, the starting of Camp Cayley, it's, it's a board that has seen change and has seen um, areas where the community needs services and OHEL comes to the forefront to expand and provide those services. And you need a, a very active, good lay board leadership in order to think through, to plan out, and to make sure all these services are done well. And I hope this wasn't lost on the audience as you just uh, said that list. But add to it the residences, the right. foster care. I mean, right. we're talking about we're talking about active. We're talking about really strong departments yes. that are doing incredible work. And I have the privilege, and, and many others do, of seeing it on a regular basis. You know that the OHEL residence right here is something right very here, important sure. to us. If I could chime in sure. and, and answer that uh, question, the board members also see that they have ownership of the organization. Right. They have and they don't. Uh, I, if I'm the uh, Mel and I are the highest uh, uh, right. officers of right. the organization, I mentioned at the last board meeting, uh, there was a pen in front of me. And I said, you know that I can't even take this pen home. It's not mine. Right. It doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs. We are the caretakers for Claudius Rule. That's right. what we we do it, and I believe that that's what the board members feel. So you always say that OHEL is Claudia Strahl's organization, that's but correct. in a way, and take this the right way, it it, it is Mike Hellman's organization. It's Jake Hessman's. Meaning, as you said, you feel a a bias over it. You feel that you're active, actually accomplishing things by being involved with it. But so does every board Correct, member. Correct, right. It's theirs also, every right. single board member. Mike Shalman and Jake Kestenbaum are here. I say every year, if you're going to go to one dinner, and both of you know how trying dinners can be sometimes, right? But I always say, if you're going to go to one or two dinners a year, make this one of them, because that program, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever length it is, is one of the most inspiring sessions for the Jewish community of the entire year. You agree with that, Mosh? I absolutely do. I um, I agree w with everything you said. <laughs> I'm not crazy about going to many dinners. Uh, but um, There's something the about this one, though. <laughs> I always came to the old dinner. Someone, uh, I, I was trying to remember now, the first dinner that I went to, uh, a friend of mine uh, who, whose father was involved in OL asked me to come to a dinner. We need some. We need someone to fill the tables. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. were you were a filler. <laughs> I was a filler, uh, and um, I I kept being. I I think I've been a filler now for the past forty six years. <laughs> Still filling that dinner table. Um, information. Everybody out there to place your reservations and to be there on the night of November the eleventh at the Sheraton New York. Times Square Hotel, go to ohelgala.org or ohelfamily.org or dial 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. That night, in addition to the honorees that we mentioned, uh, Maish will become the uh, president emeritus and Jay Kesterman will step in as co-president, uh, joining Mel Zachter in the uh, effort. Now, Jay just mentioned a moment ago that as a perfect example, th this is one of those weeks 
where OHEL's work, beyond all the things we mentioned, beyond the foster care, the residences, the the, the, the things going on every single day with the thousands of staff and volunteers, uh, where where the community benefits really nationwide uh, from their work. You mentioned that um, because of what happened in Pittsburgh, um, both Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who is the Zachter Family Chair in Trauma and Bereavement, and his staff have been in touch directly with everybody in Pittsburgh. They're providing consultation to schools there in Pittsburgh, uh, and they're going to be obviously in touch with everybody there, not just over the next few days, but over the next few months, I would assume. Correct, correct. To do whatever is necessary. Plus, OHEL's guidelines and recommendations to adults and children in the wake of the Pittsburgh tragedy has already been sent to tens of thousands of people. The organization is so organized, they don't just offer help and ask people to go out and speak. They have a they have printed material to help people, educators, parents, etc., with all of this, which is, and I, you know, based on the information we have, this has already been distributed in the tens of thousands out correct. there. Correct. And we should mention, by the way, that this is, not only important for Pittsburgh, it's important for kids, families, and schools around the entire country who no doubt are focused on safety and security at this time. Correct. So that's and, something we have to mention. And, and Nachum, these, these events, even though they're sometimes, unfortunately, off the front page of the paper in a day or two, right. um, the communities and the people touched by them suffer their whole lives. And OHEL provides that counseling and instruction, um, not only for the community, but especially now with social media, um, the whole world and all the children in every school in the United States are going to hear about this and be afraid to go to school no or question. be afraid to uh, walk outside or go to shul. Right. And uh, th- this has effects all across the whole uh, whole country. And if, and both of you know of cases right now where OHEL's involvement started months and probably years ago that are still on the ground in certain places. Unfortunately, there's so many tragedies that occur, uh, and they're still there consulting with teachers, principals, parents, community leaders, etc. So that should be mentioned as well. Right, and we'll also be here as an organization, especially in five months when PTSD occurs and when right. all the aftermath of uh, these kind of tragic events happen, as we've seen all across the country. Because when things settle down, that's when very often the people really involved are on the front line start to get affected even more so. You mentioned Wanakue, and I, I don't know how many people in this audience are following the news story, but unfortunately this is a facility in New Jersey uh, for very sick children with these low uh, immune deficiency disorders. And they, unfortunately, almost every day we're hearing of more deaths right. in the facility. OHEL stepped in to help the staff deal with all this down there. Correct, correct. Dr. Pretty Dr. amazing. Norman Blumenthal and, and his staff uh, um, went to speak to uh, provide trauma, bereavement, and uh, crisis counseling for the staff. And uh, these situations, which uh, people don't hear about, and they figure it's somewhere else, uh, but we're called on to provide those services to so many uh, communities. And then, not that there wasn't enough last week, but uh, we heard about this uh, school bus crash on Friday, which uh, affected students, and uh, that that was from one of the yeshivas. And um, again, oh hell, on the spot, there to help everybody with whatever was necessary. So these, these, I think what you need to add is not only there for the day of right. or day after, but for weeks and months after. We continue, we, we stick with it. Um, as um, as Jade mentioned, PTSD, it, it doesn't happen till later. Right. And uh, we, we're, we're there with it. Though. See, this is the problem when all your stuff has to be confidential. <laughs> because as I said to Jay a moment ago, the you both could probably tell us right now of situations that started months ago that you still have your staff dealing with today. But unfortunately, or fortunately, to be honest, 
because all these things are kept confidential and we're not, you know, here to discuss specific situations, uh, you know, uh, very often people I gotta don't know I've got to correct that. you. We, it's so confidential, board members are not supposed to know and they don't. In other words, You're we presented with situations without names? We are presented with situations without names. So much so, I'll tell you something, when there's a vacant bed and there are 100 people on the list and let's say 10 have been vetted already, and who gets that bed? The first one on the list, uh, the most in need. We so we have a we have an admitting committee. Right. So we sit down and we don't hear names. We don't see names. We just see a little bit of a history of who this person is, and it says A, B, C, D. We have to choose between A, B, C, D. Of course, we listen to the recommendation sure. of professionals, but. We decide that, and based on 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 numbers, not based on names. It's confidential. I don't know nine tenths of of nine tenths, ninety nine percent of 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 anything that uh, uh, individual cases that go on in OLA. Nor am I supposed to know. It's one of the secrets of staying number one, right? That's right. It's 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 it's, uh, it, it's ethical. That's the way it's Correct. supposed to be. And we should mention that there are people rightfully so, government, et cetera, who are always examining what organizations like yours are doing. And as I've said to you a million times, it's amazing that this one, which is such a pride and joy of the Jewish world, continues to be number one in the state. And it's a very hard position to maintain. You know, when you're number two or number three, then there's somewhere to go. When, when There's somewhere to go up. When you're number one, there's only one place to go. And to maintain that number one status is very difficult. So right. that's a tremendous... Uh, a, 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 it gives us a tremendous amount of pride in the Jewish community. You know, we 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 mentioned the we have to mention the honorees. Uh, aside from from Jay and Maish being recognized that night, and the change being made uh, to the presidium of Ohel, which will now going forward officially be Jay and the Jay Kestenbaum and Elzak. There, we should mention Linda and Ellie Gottlieb. They're being recognized as the Nativ Lave awardees that night, and Jenny and Barry Horowitz, professional leadership awardees. These are again people who are in a position that you were in years ago where they're starting to get more and more involved with the organization and take an active role, and they should be recognized. Barry Horowitz used to work for OHEL, um, just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. I, uh, I kept up with him over the years, um, and um, it's, it's, he, he deserves it for many reasons. Right. He's so hands-on, and now he's in private practice, and just a wonderful individual. And uh, Mr. Gottlieb, I just, I don't know him that well, but I hear that he's uh, just a wonderful person. So the Gottliebs and the Horowitzes are being recognized, and both of you can speak probably for hours about the uh, involvement of Gloria and Harvey Cayley, Harvey of blessed memory, of course. I mean, he, he, he went from a small introduction to the OHEL organization, right? Very small introduction decades ago to becoming an unbelievable supporter, to having one of the landmark uh, overnight camps in the Jewish community named for him. Do you know how he was introduced, though? <laughs> I do, and it's an unbelievable story. That's, you, that's you? why I say it, it, he had got introduced on a very limited, cursory basis. If I'm not mistaken, for some Hanukkah celebration happening at Ohel, he provided some toys for the kids. Am I but, correct? But, that's in, how it started? but initially there was Elaine Schickman. Right. Uh, who we've spoken to many times right. over there. <laughs> so they, they have adopted, they've adopted five children. Correct. Uh, of, through Ohel. Right. And um, 
they live in the Hamptons, and they uh, they daven, they came to shul Shabbos, and all of a sudden there are five kids. Right. And Harvey came to shul, and he says, "Where did you get these kids from? <laughs> Where anyway, did they come from?" Initially, <laughs> they took them in as foster children, right. and uh, and he said, "Really? This so there's an organization that does this. They 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 uh, provide foster care for these children, and then they he said, I want to be involved in an organization like this." And the rest is history. The rest is history. And it went from, again, like I say, participating in that Hanukkah celebration, Hanukkah, I believe, they came, he came to, to, becoming, <laughs> to becoming what we know as one of the main supporters of this great cause. I could tell you the, the one thing that Harvey said last at the last uh, dinner, the, at the last Cam Kaylee, uh, we have a Sunday, a Sunday right. uh, celebration of Harvey, Zechariah uh, Ruch and his wife, Gloria should be well, uh, where Harvey said... He was. He had uh, unfortunately with diabetes. He had lost both legs, right. and he got up on his prosthesis and he said, "Girls, remember I stood here at the same spot last year. There's one difference: that last year I stood on my own two legs. This year I'm standing on not my two legs, but right. on prosthesis. But tell me, am I a different person? I don't think I am. I have a problem. I have to deal with it. But I'm the same person. We all have problems." Deal with it. I thought that was that, that left, great message. That that message left such an impression on me. Great message. And and they always say that uh, Camp Cayley was their best investment they ever made. Right. For someone who is as successful <laughs> right. as the Cayleys in business, that's an incredible thing. I saw Gloria in the Hamptons, ironically enough, this summer, and the Schickmans, who I continue to tell them, you know, are legends here because of what they did. It's not just five foster children. It's five. They they. They had five foster children, all related, brothers and sisters, siblings. Brothers and sisters. And whenever I say to them, and whenever I laud them for this incredible example that they've given all of us, they always say, what choice did we have? The kids wanted to be together. Like, you know, they, they treated like, you know, like anybody would do that. Uh, not to minimize the foster parents out there. You have some incredible people that we've met over the decades that have really changed the lives of, of children. Those children have changed the lives to the better of their own families, the ones that uh, act as foster families. Uh, but this was an exception. This was, you know, the Shikmins are uh, actually a real exception to all Sadiqim, of this. Sadiqim. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I also wanted to mention, in addition to reminding everybody about getting your reservations in for the OL 49th Annual Gala, OHEL and the Center for Anxiety uh, presents a uh, program tonight at the OHEL Jaffa Family Campus in the Zachter Training Room, where Dr. Norman Blumenthal, Rabbi uh, Ron Yitzchak Eisenman, and Dr. David uh, Rosemarin, who's been a guest of ours many times, will discuss anxiety striving for peace of mind in a complex world. It's all happening at the Ohel Jaffa Family Campus in Brooklyn on East 14th Street tonight, beginning at 7.30. You can go to ohelfamily.org for information. I assume that the campus is just as beautiful as it was the day of its uh, installation or inauguration a few weeks ago. Magnificent facility. And and I have to tell you, Nachum, um, that the, the training that Ohel offers to so many other professionals, lay leaders, and just general community to understand things like anxiety, which which is now first starting in many organizations to be recognized as one of the biggest illnesses uh, these days, um, which is very often not not visible and can't be easily seen. But uh, the, the, the problems of suicide in so many communities and the problems of drug abuse have all stemmed from anxiety. OHEL is addressing it full blast and uh, the training that it does and offers the community openly rather than just focusing internally on expanding the organization just to teach other people in the community and, uh, and professionals about what to look for and the signs is just incredible. It is so hard to be good at so many things. 
it's really hard. In fact, I, I was discussing with someone at, around the time of the celebration at the Jaffa campus that, that I think one of the difficulties is, is actually convincing the Jewish community that you could be this good at so many different things. Because obviously organizations specialize you know, in one or two things usually. But all the things we mentioned this morning, there are, all of them, thank God, are going so well have become really solid programs in the Jewish community. It's amazing that all this could happen at the same time under one roof. Yeah, and, and uh, we were innovators in a, in, a, in a lot of areas where that we started. Um, I remember people came over to me, ah, we don't have that in Klai Yisrael. It's not, right. it, it's not a, you do and face it. Face it is right. Yeah. Uh, everyone has an opportunity to support the great work of OHEL. I hope you'll be there November the 11th. It's always an inspiring and great evening. Go to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, or ohelfamily.org, or place your reservation by phone by dialing 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. In addition to the Cayley family, the Horowitz family, the Gottlieb family, Jay Kestenbaum will celebrate, uh, we'll, we will celebrate his installation as co-president of OHEL with the Mel Zachter, and Maisha Hellman will be uh, installed as president Emeritus in a, uh, an appropriate testimonial recognizing his 26 years serving as OHEL's president. But as you said, Maish, thank God you will continue to be involved. You are not, you're not moving on. You're not riding off into the sunset. You'll still be there for OHEL and its clients whenever We're necessary. not letting him go anywhere. <laughs> Jay, Jay's panicking that you, that you may ride off into the sunset. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not riding off into the sunset. I'm going to be ombudsman, which is something that I love to do which uh, people who come to Ohel don't come to book a Sheva Brachas or a Bar Mitzvah. They come because they have probably what is the biggest problem in their life. Right. And sometimes they need someone to talk to. And, and they need help immediately. Yeah. Uh, and not being a professional, but being someone that I believe I could somewhat feel the heart of my brother and my sister. And I, um, that's what I would like to do uh, in continuation of my uh, involvement in OHEL. Well, there you go. And Jay, you have an amazing partner coming up. Mel has been uh, probably the first person to introduce OHEL to us during the, I always, I always say this, Mel came to us over 30 years ago during an emergency, um, uh, an emergency foster parent situation where there just weren't enough foster parents in our community. As we know, when OHEL has an opportunity to place somebody, they can go into a Jewish home, et cetera, et cetera. And they just weren't enough people. And that was our first introduction to the work of OHEL, and it has just become, like I said, this unbelievable conglomerate of so many different things going on in the Jewish world. And this week, as we said earlier, is a perfect example. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck. This is going to be this is going to be quite a ride. In a way, you must think like you've learned so much from Maish, and now you get to be next to Mel and learn, you know, the ropes from him. Constant learning, constant learning. It's not a job that you that you learn well and you know how to do. You have to keep learning because the world keeps changing. And the truth is that that's really why OHEL has added so many programs. The world is not stagnant. And it's not simple anymore. And the anymore. needs keep expanding. Yeah, no question about it. Is there a way for someone who's listening who wants to become a board member to check it out or the board is sold out at this point? Absolutely If not. someone wants to get involved, they can? Yes. To that level? Yes, yes. Just absolutely. contact you or the people at OHO? Contact me this week, next week, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, contact contact any, anyone anyone on the board or management at OHEL for sure. Um, we welcome uh, inclusion of anyone who wants to uh, help us uh, and help the Jewish community. And the best way to learn more about this team is to be at the dinner. Yes, for sure. And you'll sure. see exactly what they do. Somehow... In 60 minutes, they're able to sum up everything they do, which is pretty remarkable. 
Um, enjoy the dinner on November the 11th, ohelgala.org and 718-972-9338. We will see you there. And don't forget tonight at the Ohel Jaffa Family Campus on East 14th Street in the Zachter Training Room. You have an amazing lineup. Dr. Norman Blumenthal, Rabbi Aran Yitzchak Eisenman, and Dr. David Ross Marin, all addressing the age of anxiety, striving for peace of mind in a complex world. Go to the ohelfamily.org website for more information. Uh, I say mazel tov to both of you, Maisha Hellman, Jake Kestenbaum. We will see you the 11th, please, God, and continue your amazing work. There's a, 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 yet another important week for the Jewish world that Ohel has been there uh, to help out, and I know that it's going to continue for a long, long time beyond this week. So thank, thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you, Nachum. Thank you. Thank See you, you there. Thank you for being so warm to to all organizations, but this is specifically to Ohel. There is a special place in my heart for Ohel, and I hope people heed my advice. One dinner, two dinners a year. You like to limit yourself when it comes to Jewish gatherings. Make sure to be at this one, ohelfamily.org. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Tuesday morning. It's JM in the AM on this October 30th, the 21st of Mar Cheshvan. My thanks to our friends from OHEL. So many amazing things to talk about here on this show. I'm proud to uh, present yet another amazing organization in just a moment. Um, our hearts, our thoughts, of course, with everybody in Pittsburgh as the first funerals take place after the massacre in the shul on Shabbos. We are uh, in touch with people in Pittsburgh. Uh, we will continue to focus whenever possible this week on what's happening there. And as I said, uh, our hearts and thoughts are are with them. And we're also glad that in the end, it seems that they are going to be welcoming the President of the United States. No matter who the President is, he certainly belongs there uh, to grieve with the nation and to uh, offer his condolences. So it seems that cooler heads have prevailed regarding that issue. And... Um, as I said, the media in certain cases, especially today's New York Times, is focusing on the divisions in the Jewish world in the aftermath of the uh, of the horrific massacre. Uh, we're taking a different approach and emphasizing the unity and all the positive aspects that have come out of this. Uh, this Shabbos, we're encouraging everyone to follow the uh, brilliant idea, in, in, in my opinion, that everyone should make an effort to be in shul on Shabbos, in shuls across America and uh, show that we will, number one, continue to appreciate the freedom of religion we have in the United States, and number two, show the enemy, show the anti-Semites that no matter what they do will not stop us from being together as a people and interacting properly with people of all faiths and all backgrounds in this country. JM in the AM on a Tuesday. Reminder, tomorrow's a big day for us and a big day for our friends at Yeshivat Noam, the 18th anniversary celebration at Yeshivat Noam is on. We will be there with Rabbi Hagler and the teachers and students and parents and many of them 18-year veterans being involved with the school as parents and teachers, all in celebration of the big 18th anniversary at Yeshivat Noam. We are there tomorrow all the way until 10 a.m. It's Spirit Day. It's Ruach Day. It's Celebrate 18 Day. It's every day imaginable <laughs> at Yeshivat Noam in Paramus, New Jersey tomorrow. So join us for all the festivities tomorrow morning. If you're not able to be there, obviously, uh, join us by tuning in. Yeshivat Noam celebration tomorrow with us here at JM in the AM. Shalom Task Force is the organization I alluded to earlier, an amazing organization. Their annual brunch is happening on Sunday at the Sephardic Temple on Branch Boulevard in Cedarhurst. They have many distinguished honorees. For those of you not familiar with Shalom Task Force, listen carefully to this conversation and log on to shalomtaskforce.org, shalomtaskforce.org. Org. Shana Friedman is with us live via telephone. She has the privilege of being the executive director of Shalom Task Force. Shana, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me this morning. I know you consider it a privilege to be in that position. Absolutely. I'm humbled by it. Um, okay, we got to do this part quickly because we want to concentrate on the event and getting people to uh, focus on it. Uh, the quick part, if possible, how would you describe the work of Shalom Task Force? How would you sum up what you guys do on a daily basis in our community. Shalom Task Force works with the community to foster um, and create safety and foster healthy relationships. So we're here to answer the call if someone's in an unsafe relationship to help them figure out their options, figure out what they want to do next, and connect them to services. But we're also here to help people prevent getting into the wrong relationships and help people um, enhance their relationships. So we have different programs in prevention, education. We work with married couples, um, a Shalom workshop. Um, and our core service is um, our hotline where people could call in um, 
to be able to get the support they need and to be heard. We also have legal services to help people who want to explore options if there's a legal remedy that they need to create safety. So we're here for the community um, to help people find safety and, and have healthy relationships. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my two cents on this. Um, number one, again, as you said. People, anybody in a difficult relationship, obviously very often in a marital relationship mm-hmm. and they feel unsafe, there's a hotline, a Shalom Task Force hotline for them to call and there's a resource for them to turn to, legal, etc., cetera, uh, and that you just described. And, and the other part, I don't want to say it's more important because obviously the first part is dealing with emergencies, but the other part has such a level of importance that people yes. don't realize and that is the training and so often the simple training of how one needs to interact with another, especially when dealing with a spouse. Um, I remember, and I'm sure you have these sheets of paper in your office, I remember you guys once produced a, um, a literally a sheet of paper that had on it ways you can communicate to your wife or husband a specific message. And the first way was done in a what 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 seemed to be you know relatively par, but often could be taken the wrong way, and with a slight adjustment to the words that one uses, a slight adjustment, it turned into so much more of a meaningful positive message. I'm sure you know what I mean, right? Right. We always encourage people to use I statements instead of blaming another person and say I would feel some way. Um, to really try to listen to the other person, to really just learn skills. Because, you know, relationships are hard. Relationships can be challenging. Um, but we, we look to find ways to people, help people communicate better and work together um, when relationships are safe um, to move in that direction. Right. And the earlier they get started on that, the yeah. better. Like it, it, well, we, we do work in ninth grade, 12th right. grade, right. seminary gap year, yeshiva programs. And then we do work with engaged couples and, and, and we work with um, recently married couples, even people who have been married for a while, all in different ways to help people learn skills, figure out to know themselves, to know the other person, um, obviously understanding the from environment, being culturally competent, to help people um, be in the, set the best stage for a healthy relationship. And when this health relationship isn't healthy and it's unsafe, um, then we're there to help them figure out where they want to go with that without uh, telling them what to do, but to explore their options. No question about it. I like the way you put it. Uh, all right. All of the things you just described need to be supported. All the yes. programs, the hotline, the legal help, all of this needs to be supported. The emergency help, the, 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 the seeds that you sow now in high school age kids that will be so beneficial to them down the road. All this has to be supported. Hence, there is a Shalom Task Force annual brunch this Sunday at the Sephardic Temple, Branch Boulevard in Cedarhurst. We encourage everybody to reserve and to support the organization, shalomtaskforce.org, or you could dial 516-773-3399. You're recognizing um, uh, Shani Traub as guest of honor, right? Mm-hmm, yes, all her work. Uh, if I have, is it Frady Kess? Would that be the Frady, right pronoun? Frady Kess. Frady Kess. Uh, Rachel oh. Herkman? Yeah, Rachel Herkman. Dr. Right. Sarah Hanna Silverman and Rabbi Perrett Steinberg. Yes. All of them being recognized this Sunday as honorees at the at the brunch. What would you like to say about the collection of honorees? Uh, they're just incredibly committed to our mission of creating safety and enhancing families. And we're really excited, and I look forward to meeting people if they come out. It's my first year as the executive director. Ah. So if you come, please introduce yourself. I would love to get to know more community members and help serve the community and learn more what we need. So I'd love to meet all of you, and I look forward to seeing you. By the way, people should realize that Shalom Task Force has been around for quite a while, right? This yeah. is 
This is, no we, this is our 25th year. We really uh, want the first in our community to say say out loud that we have these issues in the community and that we're going to deal with them as a community. Yeah, and doing it really well. All right, everybody, try your hardest. If you know the honorees, certainly, whether you do or don't, be there for Shalom Task Force, their annual brunch this Sunday at the Sephardic Temple on Branch Boulevard in Cedarhurst. It starts at 9.30 in the morning. Again, go to shalomtaskforce.org or dial 516-773-3399. And to learn more about the organization, follow up on the website shalomtaskforce.org. Shana Friedman is executive director. It's the first time around for her for one of these uh, community brunches. Let's make it a big success. Shana, good luck to you and the entire organization. Thank you, everyone. You got it. Be well. There she is, Shana Friedman. She's ready for a big, successful event this Sunday. Let's make Shalom Task Force uh, feel the love, everybody, from our community this coming Sunday, Tuesday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up here at JM in the AM as we continue. A reminder, tomorrow is a big day for us as we visit Yeshivat Noam and participate in their 18th anniversary celebration. For those of us who remember the first days, it is hard to believe (laughs) that we are up to year number 18. But it is 18 years, and it's pretty amazing. And everybody out there has an opportunity to uh, either be there if you are a participant in uh, Yeshivat Noam as a parent or a uh, student or faculty member, member of the administration, or if you just want to listen in to a great 18th anniversary celebration, it's all happening tomorrow. We're going to go all the way until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. We've been returned to Israel and are like dreamers. All the leaders of the world are trying to understand how, while our people flood back in from all the nations, and after centuries of tears, we see you, Hashem, in everything, and await your warm embrace of full redemption.
Israel Bill Vavot. Well, if anybody can uh, talk about Eretz Israel being Bill Vavot, being in the hearts of Jews, including the Jews here in the United States of America and the New York, New Jersey area, it's our next guest. Scott Feltman has the the honor, and I don't think he would describe it any other way, of uh, serving as executive vice president of the One Israel Fund. Tuesday, November the 6th, I pray that everybody listening right now comes to um, 360 NYC in order to uh, pay tribute to some great honorees and to help build the land of Israel and the state of Israel. Can you still build the state and land of Israel 70 years later? Yeah, you can. And all you got to do is come to a dinner. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner, oneisraelfund.org slash dinner, or 516-239-9202, Executive Vice President, One Israel Fund, the aforementioned Scott Feltman. Scott, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. 
Good morning, Nachum. Always a pleasure. Thanks. And I'm not kidding when I say you consider it an honor to serve in this position. It is truly an honor, and I say it every single time I get up in that room at night, that it is, it's been an honor of mine for the past 11 years. <sighs> one wonders, can one make an impact in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem? Can they make an impact 70 years later? Can we make an impact during peaceful times? Can we make an impact uh, when we uh, are, are struck with this notion that maybe the the building in these areas, the expansion of these areas, has been stifled. And Scott Feldman can say, not only can we make an impact, but every day the organization is making an impact. Scott, the population of Judea and Samaria continues to grow, thank God. The needs of the area, as evidenced by the incredible progress with the Binyamin Regional Medical Center, uh, continue to grow, continue to be uh, an acute problem that you and your organization are solving. And the uh, incredible ability of the Jewish people to show their resilience and to continue to build in the face of all the restrictions, complaints, the media is simply remarkable. I would I, I would say it's pretty incredible, wouldn't you, that the One Israel Fund is able to do what they're doing at this point? It's It's amazing. And yes, there's still so much to do. I mean... I, I love when our when our trips take people there and they show all the empty land that exists throughout this area and how there's plenty of space for everybody to live peacefully. Uh, last year, in 2017, One Israel Fund impacted over 215 unique projects. We're on pace to beat that this year. I have playgrounds and mikvahs and synagogues and medical uh, medical center, like you mentioned, and unfortunately, security projects still you know rule the day, but. There's schools and yeshivas and all kinds of different projects that people can get involved in, um, and we have them all. Yeah, by the way, you're, you're making such an important point. A lot, of, a lot of people give money to organizations, and, and, and frankly, we encourage it, when, you know, especially when it's a, a great organization, but they're not 100% sure or are told 100% exactly where the money's going, what department is going to be enhanced by it. In your case, if someone walks into your office and says, I'd like to build a mikveh in Israel, or I'd like to build a playground in Israel, or I'd like to build a facility for kids or teenagers or, 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 uh, or senior citizens in Israel, you, you can provide for them exactly where it'll be, what town it's going to enhance, and when it'll be completed. I'll give you a perfect example of what you just said. Um, a few days after the dinner, I'm getting on a flight to Israel with uh, a couple of members from uh, the White Shul in Farakaway, Congregation Knesset Israel. Right who two summers ago raised money for a specific mikveh uh, in a community called Na'ale. Um, and it's a very unique project because Na'ale is a secular community. Um, and it was built on the premise that no mikveh or synagogue or day school would ever be built in the community. It was actually written into the charter. Wow. And in the charter it states that until which time the majority of the community requests one of these items. And it turns out that the married women of the community requested a mikveh to be built. Nice. And when I went to meet them and I asked her why, uh, the woman said something I'll never forget. She said, you religious people don't understand. You think you need to be religious to want a connection, a spiritual connection to God. Um, and I'll never forget it. And they want it, and they've been literally going at night and being stoned on the roads in order to fulfill this mitzvah. And we said, you know what, we're going to do this. And the White Shul uh, joined up with us, 
uh, and a couple of other donors, and we're going for the dedication right afterwards. Unbelievable. And they earmarked it. They earmarked it specifically to that project, and many people do. Um, which brings me to the point, the way we're able to do that is really because of our annual dinner. Our annual dinner is the one time of the year where people contribute and take care of our operating budget so that throughout the year, the millions of dollars that we raise for projects can be earmarked exactly to that project. You know, it's interesting, uh, in the aftermath of what happened in Pittsburgh, everyone's talking about the costs and the practical applications of security measures. This is something you're really familiar with because you, over the last 20 and 30 years, have had to enhance certain communities with security measures, with appropriate fencing, with cameras, uh, security guards when necessary. Uh, you, you've had to do all, you have this experience already, and a lot of our listeners have participated in making sure those communities are secure. We do a tremendous amount of security. In fact, sometimes we are, we, we are ahead of the curve. Uh, we try to tell people we like being proactive rather than reactive. We like to prevent the terror and not have to take care of terror victims. Our mantra in One is All Fund is no more Jewish victims. We work very hard to achieve that. In fact, our security project director, Mark Provisor, is one of our, uh, one of our honorees this year. Uh, he single-handedly has really changed the security situation in Yehudah Shamron in Judea and Samaria. And not only that, but because he's been here in the States leading up to the dinner, he's actually been called in by a number of communities since the Pittsburgh uh, attack wow. uh, to, to actually be able to meet with law enforcement and give over some of the expertise that we've developed over the years and that the security apparatus in Judea and Samaria has taught us um, you know all of the civilian security leaders. So it's been a it's been a symbiotic relationship that we try to give over what we can to the diaspora if we can. Uh, but at the same time, we're on the cutting edge of uh, of security needs over there. By the way, you chose the right award for him, Shomer Yisrael. That is the right award for him to say the least. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Scott Feldman is with us live via telephone. Executive Vice President, One Israel Fund, November sixth. November. Tell me about 360. What kind of facility is this? 360 is a, is a hip-hopping fun place. We've been there in the past. We haven't been there in a few years. It's in Tribeca, downtown. Um, and just like the name says, it's 360. It's a, it's a full circular building uh, overlooking the lower Manhattan and the Freedom Tower and the harbor. Um, and it's just a really it's a fun place to be. Uh, and we put on a good show when we're there. So the food is great. Uh, you know that Carolyn Glick is our is our guest speaker this year. The honorees are great. We have a young crowd that comes. It's a lot of fun. People actually, the one one of our one of our regulars who comes every year, once gave me the greatest compliment in the world. He said, "You know, your dinners are not painful." <laughs> so I've, I've taken that, and and it means a lot because I know what dinners mean in the in the vernacular to a lot of people. But we try to make it a fun night. There's an, there's an Israeli art sale, uh, and we have all kinds of things that go on during the course of the evening. Ben Brothman will preside as Master of Ceremonies uh, for the dinner on Tuesday, November the 6th. As uh, Scott mentioned, Mark Privisor is among the honorees, Stephen and Jackie Herman, David and Aurora Mossberg, Dr. Irwin and Donna Asman, and Ellie and Mila Berman are all going to be recognized that night with awards uh, for their involvement with the organization. Uh, the keynote speaker, Caroline Glick, what can we say about her? She was with us last week and the week before that when we were in Israel, and she is an amazing author and incredible columnist. She will be there as the keynote speaker. 
uh, no doubt with a very, very strong message about the importance of supporting Yudan Shamron and helping the One Israel Fund do their work. Catering by main event Muzzone. You heard about the Israeli art sale, as um, as Scott just mentioned. I mean, you, you have really everything necessary for a uh, for a comprehensive, fun uh, dinner. I hope everybody comes out. I am sure the uh, the honorees are from different geographic areas, so hopefully you will uh, attract people from many different communities in our listening audience. I know that David and Shari Shapiro are serving as journal chairs, and uh, you have some amazing people, the uh, the Alaskans and the Bellows, as dinner chairs. So, I mean. You, you you have the makings of an amazing event, Scott. Thank God, thank God. We you know we're really excited about look. We're excited about every year and all every year the honorees are deserving. Uh, this year is a little bit extra special for all of us because of the connection with Mark and Jackie Herman serves as one of our trustees and her husband is the head of our medical committee for the center that you mentioned, the medical center that we're building. Wow. Uh, the Mossbergs are young leaders from Woodmere and. And uh, interestingly, the Osmonds and Bermans are being honored. They're from Baltimore, huh? and they they have spearheaded a campaign to name one of the pavilions in the medical center uh, as the Maryland ER Urgent Care Pavilion. So there's a lot of different components. Yoni Bellows is from Chicago. Uh, the, the Baums are from Great Neck. So we're really all over, and we hope that people will come out and support uh, because the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, the support that they give at this event enables One Israel Fund to to basically build the land of Israel. And that's yeah. what we've been doing for the past 24 years. Yeah, imagine this. Huh? If you would have told our ancestors you could build the land of Israel by showing up to a dinner, they never would have believed it. But that's it, everybody. <laughs> just, just come out to the dinner, and you're literally building the land of Israel by supporting the One Israel Fund and their incredible efforts. And when I said geographic uh, uh, locations, I didn't even realize how right I was. People from all over the U.S., as you just heard Scott describe, uh, coming out to be honored and attracting their friends and family to support and be part of this great effort. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Do what you can to support the cause and to be there on Tuesday night, November the 6th, starting at 6.30 p.m. at 360 in New York City. You could also dial 516-239-9202, 516-239-9202. And again, the easiest way, oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Scott, anything you'd like to add? No, I think we've covered most of it this time, but, you know, I, I know that everybody is very, very focused on what, you know, what happened in Pittsburgh and the recent attacks in Israel with uh, with our dear friend Ari Fold and, and, and the two people up in the Barkan. Um, what we want to say is, you know, we, we have a campaign called No More Jewish Victims, and uh, and that's really what it's all about. And we want to see a situation where there really are no more Jewish victims. We know that it's, you know, it's, not, it's not a realistic goal uh, worldwide, but we know that we have the ability and the technology to really prevent terror attacks from happening. And we do it every single day. I, I, get, I get the video footage of our cameras stopping terrorist infiltrations. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not to be Pollyannish. We really are preventing terror attacks. Um, and while we're building everything else, uh, the important thing is just to focus on each and every life. And there are, every one of those, those almost 500,000 are very precious to each of us. So, you know, I really encourage people to come out and support and to send a strong, uh, a strong and, and supportive tone to the communities of Judea and Samaria. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I look at social media all the time now and, you know, everybody's talking about it doesn't matter if you're conservative or reform or orthodox. You know, they, they hate us all. 
Oh, it doesn't matter if you're living in Pittsburgh or New York or in Shiloh. You know, it's important to support Jews wherever they are and, uh, and, and in any way we can. I'm going to say one other thing, and people who've listened to this show on a regular basis won't be shocked that I'm saying it. And this is not the place where I'm going to expound on it, but I'm going to say one thing. The stronger our communities in Israel, the stronger our communities in the diaspora. Not everybody might believe it. From my experience, I can state it emphatically, and I'm sure you agree with that, Scott. Amen. Thank you so much, and good luck on November the 6th. Nachum, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for all your help. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. You're listening to JM in the AM. J.M. and the A.M. That's Ohad with the title track to his latest, Bishah Tova. Reminder, we are brought to you by the wonderful people at Bedford on Park. Bedford on Park is a delicious, incredible restaurant with a wonderful chef, Chef Alex, who makes the most amazing dishes, including the, the barbecued brisket sliders, which are so good, and the lamb bacon, which is another amazing starter. 
uh, plus great sandwiches and burgers and entrees and, of course, delicious steaks, all on the lunch menu. Then you go to the dinner menu, and they have some of the incredible things I just mentioned, plus that 32-ounce prime cowboy cut, which is recommended rare to medium rare and is absolutely delicious. And those of you out there who love a challenge to have a piece of meat that you're actually going to uh, really enjoy and and take your time with, you order that prime cowboy cut at Bedford-on-Park, you will love it. They're open for lunch and dinner every single day at 61 East 34th Street in New York City. Great location, so convenient. Again, 61 East 34th Street in New York City. And now, in addition to Sheverbrachos, which, of course, they could do for you all year round, Bedford-on-Park wants to remind everybody that Thanksgiving dinner is coming up for your family, that holiday parties are coming up for your staff, and your clients. That Hanukkah celebrations are coming up for family and staff. And a lot of end-of-year parties are being scheduled right now. So if you want to impress the people you work with, if you want to impress the clients that you that you uh, continue to, uh, to deal with, if you want to just have a wonderful celebration with wonderful ambiance and atmosphere, delicious food, a great bar, and a very, very convenient location, it's Bedford-on-Park, 61 East, 34th Street in New York City. Go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com. Plan those holiday and year-end parties now. JM in the AM Tuesday with a reminder, tomorrow we're at Yeshivat Noam. The 18th anniversary celebration for Yeshivat Noam is uh, starting, and we get to help kick it off. Tomorrow we're at Yeshivat Noam in Paramus, New Jersey, a much-talked-about 18th anniversary visit. We'll be on the air with JM and the AM all the way until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Join us. Should be a lot of fun. And um, I am more and more focused on um, on Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as I mentioned earlier this morning. I am um, I am so happy that so many groups and organizations, right to left, in our community, have reacted the way they have with unity, love, and compassion for our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh. I am distressed that media, including the New York Times in today's edition, has used the opportunity to describe divisiveness in our community with petty examples. And we will continue to focus on unity, and we'll continue to focus on reminding people in this country to be in shul this Shabbos and be there with pride and be there with your family and be there early to show the enemy, the anti-Semites, that we will continue to appreciate freedom of religion in this country and we will continue to serve in a unified fashion just like we encourage members of other faiths in this country to do the same. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday edition here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, live from Yeshivat Noam, make sure to join us. Coming up next, JM Rewind, Ellie Groner, former Director General of the Prime Minister's Office, joined us in Israel. We'll rewind that conversation, plus our latest conversation with Lenny Solomon, the King of Schlock, will be on that JM Rewind as well. 11 a.m., it's live lunch with Avrami. It's Election Day in Israel. We'll see what happens there. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.